Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Radon, ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter, and we're here with the Tommy Cutlets Madness episode. That's right. We have reached peak Tommy DeVito. And look, it's a good story. It's fun. Everything that comes with it, the fact that he's undrafted, Italian, local kid, everything about it is fun. Right. I went to the tailgate prior to the Monday night game against Green Bay. Whole family there. They got the whole spread of uh Italian food out there, the bread, the chicken cutlets. They got the Tommy Cutlets t-shirts. There was a Tommy DeVito pin, right? The Italian flag hanging from cars in front. So it was fun. It was a it was a fun scene. It's a it's a fun story. But let's be fair about this. This wouldn't be a story, and none of this would be relevant if Tommy DeVito wasn't playing well, wasn't doing his part on the field. Okay, so he started three ga- uh, four games now. Seven touchdowns, one interception, right? Two turnovers in four starts. That's really darn good. Giants, three wins in his four starts. That's really darn good. Now, that's the question everybody keeps asking me. What does it mean? Right? Are they going to draft a quarterback? What are they going to do a quarterback next year? Where does Tommy DeVito kind of fit into that mix? Now, he's checking off boxes. Now, I'm not saying Tommy DeVito is going to be the starter next year. I'd be surprised if he was. But there's still four games left in the season, so it's hard to really answer that right now. What we saw on Monday night, 24-22 win over the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk about the Giants' playoff chances. Chances. I put in air quotes, too, as I'm saying this, if you could see me right now. We'll get to that in a second. But what he did do was, okay, so the Giants give up a score. Green Bay takes a one-point lead with about, uh, off the top of my head, it was about a minute and a half left. And the Giants fly down the field with DeVito, four straight completions, right? Three simple underneath ones. One was a blown coverage. It seemed like uh, Darius Slayton just made it look easy. And then... Wandell Robinson, who had a great game, best game of his young career, cooked his guy, DeVito hit him, turns into a big play, Giants turn field goal range, easy chip shot field goal, boom, boom, Randy Bullock hits it, 37-yarder, Giants win. And you come out of that game, and now the Tommy DeVito hype, because we've already heard it because here locally, he's the local kid, the whole story, living at home, everything about it, right? That's great. But now... That was on national TV. That was on Monday Night Football. Now it has taken on a life of its own. And when we talked to Tommy DeVito in the locker room this week, it was something he almost wanted to step away from. I was like, okay, enough of this already. He even passed a comment at one point like, yeah, you all know I live at home. We all know that story already. He didn't want to play into any of this, uh, you know, what is he doing for his future? He, he, he Hit the cliche button big time. Now he did say one thing. He said, "You know, I still want to. You know, I still want to show my personality. I still want to be me." But at the same time, he seemed to be getting tired. And this is my gist of talking to people of the whole Italian stereotypes that come with it. Now, it's hard to say that because you know his parents and uh, his agent. They're they're 
that's who they are and that's who they're they're playing into it. Like they, you know, and and they're plastered on TV. His agent, Sean Stellato, the dude with the hat. I'm sure you saw it during the game. He was the one. Uh, him and his dad and his brother Tommy were the ones kissing each other on the cheek. And people are saying, "Is that really his agent? That guy dressed like that? No. Uh, is that really? Is that staged? Is he doing it for show? No, no. That's who he is. Sean Stellato, uh, Italian guy from the Boston area. Uh, has been in the agent game for a while. Actually, a former athlete. I know he he look he doesn't necessarily look like it. He's uh, a shorter guy, shorter young, uh, middle aged short Italian guy. But he was apparently a big time running back in high school and played college at Marist and had a nice little career. So it's hard to just turn off the button, you know, to turn off the switch, which Tommy DeVito seemed to maybe want a little bit of the other day this week when everything that's going on around you. And he's played into it too. He did the video with the Giants, with the uh, Italian food. So you can't just be like, all of a sudden, hey, we got to turn this off. It's not really going to work that way. I mean, he's been a good sport about everything. I'm just sure he would like it to calm down, and he wants to concentrate on football and the football part of it. And that's the whole thing with Tommy DeVito is he's it's all oh, this story is only has legs as long as it has and has gone as far as it has because he's performing on the field. He's playing well, which leads to the question, where does he sit now in the Giants' future? And Joe Shane said it the other week when he did his press conference. You know they, they they're going to need to add a quarterback this offseason because Tyrod Taylor's a free agent. Uh, Daniel Jones is coming back from injury. They're not sure when he's going to be back. Although I I seem to think there's little doubt in my mind Daniel Jones will be back by uh, the middle of the summer. You know the way unless he has some sort of major setback, I, I totally expect Daniel Jones actually to be back by the start of training camp. Is something he said recently also because like. Eight, nine months. I mean, you could do all your quarterback stuff. He just won't be in live drills, which for a quarterback isn't that big a deal. You can still do a lot of work. The, the live drills part of it, like they don't get touched anyway. He doesn't, you don't really, they don't really run very often. So, but you can't go into the season. And this is, I, I've said this before. The problem with Daniel Jones is he's, he's now a huge injury risk, even if you think he's the stud quarterback, which that's up for debate too. I mean, clearly he's not a superstar. He's not a top five quarterback. You're, you're slam dunk building around. So he's already got questions about the playing side, but forget about that for a second. He now has two neck injuries and is coming off a torn ACL. So clearly you need a proven backup. So now Tommy DeVito, yes, we've seen some good things from him, but to have Daniel Jones and Tommy DeVito, you can't go into the season like that. That's a bad plan. So either you got to draft somebody or – you had to sign a veteran free agent. Now, we know the Giants can basically get out of Daniel Jones's contract after next year. DeVito is signed for another year. Then he, then there's ways to keep him for another, uh, you know, another year after that. Right? There's uh, tenders you can use, so he could be around for a little while on the cheap, which is a good thing. You'd love that. You'd love for him to be the backup. I think he's earned the right to compete for the backup spot right now. K 
can he be more than that? Is what people are going to ask. Let's see. He, uh, if he blows it up, if he blows up in the next four games, the last four games of the season, if he plays really well down the stretch, if he shows he you know, has a good game against the Eagles on the road Christmas, clearly we're entering a different stratosphere. Here's the scenarios. Okay, this is probably unlikely, this first one. The first one is he's just so good down the stretch, keeps it up, final four games, thrown for 250 yards a game, two or three touchdowns, isn't turning the ball over, has a win against Philadelphia, leads the Giants to the playoffs. At that point, he's competing for the starting job, okay? I'm not sure if that's realistic, but you never know. Who knows at this point? The other thing is he kind of continues to play as he does, loses a couple games, has a bad game here or there. The Giants, remember, their defense is really driving this. 11, defense has 11 turnovers. The team has 12 turnovers total in the three wins. You're not going to lose many games when you're creating 12 turnovers in three games. You're just not. So let's say he kind of continues to go on this pace. They go two and two. In my opinion, at that point, Tommy DeVito gets an opportunity to compete, but most likely for the backup spot. Okay. Scenario three is, all right, a little uh, dose of reality. He struggles. Now what? Okay. Now at least you have a third quarterback on the roster at a reasonable price. You know you could trust him a little bit. He could go in there and do some things in games. Okay. If he happens to come in, play really well in the summer, he could still win the backup job. So those are the most likely scenarios. Now, since him being the starter still seems like a long shot, the draft is a spot where the Giants could potentially still get a quarterback. Remember, Joe Shane said he was studying the top quarterbacks in the 2018 draft. Okay, He's not studying the top quarterbacks, quarterbacks in the 2018 draft for just fun because they're contemplating taking a quarterback here. Now they're probably out of the running for the top two pick right now. They are out of the running base. The top two pick is that's a dream now. That's gone. That's over. What's realistic is top five to seven. So can they draft a quarterback in that spot? Absolutely. Could end up, in my opinion, they'll win another one or two games. They'll finish about eighth, ninth pick, something like that. So in that scenario, to me, the most likely solution for the Giants is you pick a quarterback, okay, you trade back into the back end of the first round, early second round, you get like Bo Nix, I don't know where Michael Penix is going to go, but those kind of guys. I, I, I'm sort of getting the, the idea that Jaden Daniels is going to go high. So the one-two are going to be Caleb Williams, Drake May, and then Jaden Daniels is, seems like he's the most likely to come in third here when all said and done, and he'll be like a top five, seven pick. Now, maybe if the Giants stumble down the stretch here, they lose out, they're in that running. But I do think they'll win another game or two. So, Tommy DeVito, if they draft a guy in the back end of the first round, early second round, even third round, Tommy DeVito is going to factor into this mix. There's basically going to be Daniel Jones coming off injury with that question mark. Tommy DeVito, undrafted guy, showed something, still has more to prove. And then a rookie thrown into one little pot and let's see how what comes out of that. So that's where I see that quarterback situation going right now. The thing with the Giants in the playoffs, okay, real quick. 
They're going to be underdogs in all four of these final games. Yes, they can win, I believe. They have a chance to win the Saints game. Still underdog. They have a chance to win the Rams game, sure, but still underdog. And then two Eagles games, obviously big underdog, especially on the road in Philadelphia on Christmas. And remember, this isn't now the Eagles cruising, coasting. We don't need to play anybody. No, no, no. Eagles are in legit division race with the Dallas Cowboys, likely going to need every win possible. That makes it much harder for the Giants to pull out a winner over the Eagles, who, by the way, remember, same Eagles team that absolutely smashed them in the playoffs. Smashed. Crushed them. It looked like the Giants didn't even belong in the same field. They're not even in the same stratosphere. And from what we've seen with the Giants against the Cowboys this year, they haven't been in the same stratosphere as the Cowboys or really any of these really good teams either. Now, granted, that came early in the year. They were all beat up. Their offensive line, as I've been saying for weeks, is in the best shape it's been in all year. That helps Tommy DeVito. Darren Waller could potentially come back this week. That helps Tommy DeVito. Like, their team is in a better spot than they were earlier in the year. But they're also playing the lesser competition now. Now it gets a little bit harder, though. Let's see what Tommy DeVito has now as the competition keeps stepping up. But you know what? It's fun. And the story's fun. And it's great. And guess what? As long as Tommy DeVito keeps playing at the level he is right now and the Giants keep winning, the story's going to grow and grow and grow. I know this is unlikely. Actually, it's not even that far off at this point. Could you imagine what the hype is going to be like if the Giants could just win this week in New Orleans? Christmas Day game. The, that next Monday, the 25th. 425, standalone game, Giants at Eagles. Tommy DeVito against the big, bad Eagles, who the Giants haven't been able to even hold their jocks in recent years. If Tommy DeVito can go in there, and at that point, the Giants' playoff, you know, the playoff talk around this team is going to be picking up. They win in New Orleans. Because that game... If he could pull off some magic in Philadelphia, holy cow, you don't even, you can't even imagine where this time, the legend of Tommy DeVito is going at that point. First, obviously, have to get through this New Orleans game to set up that monster stage against the Eagles. Wow. That would be some Christmas game. On to the next one. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, let's bring on Wandale Robinson after one of the best games of his professional career. You, do you agree with that assessment? Uh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. And what it would it feel like, I mean, to you know make those big catches, big big plays in general, because actually one of them came on, on like a run play. Um, I mean, it, it was great. Um, just doing the things that uh, I'm used to doing and feeling back to like myself and 
um, just feeling healthy and explosive. So, what makes you feel like yourself? Right, obviously you had the you tore your knee last year. Uh, you're you're coming back this year. Takes time. Uh, so how do you know? And what what what's different now than maybe earlier in the year? Um, I mean, just no hesitation. Um, there are times in during the year, um, earlier on in the year, just not wanting to put my foot in the ground. You know, um, it's strong, but you know, just mentally, you're not not all the way there sometimes, and uh, you're just hesitant about it. But um, came back off the bye week and felt really really strong about it, and um, just during the whole week whole week of practice, uh, being able to put my foot in the ground like I had um, more so before I was ever hurt. So now moving forward. What do you kind of expect? You got four games left here. Uh, playoffs are kind of sitting out there. Like I, I know you guys are aware of that. Dave just brought it up to you. What do you? What's, what's the mindset? What's the approach? And how much do you look at that? Um, for me, it's just take care of everything that you can right now. And um, right now, one game at a time, and everything will take care of itself. So um, we continue to win one game at a time, and uh, we should be right where we want to be. And um, don't look too far ahead and get get uncomfortable with everything. So yeah. Explain that one play to us uh, real quick because a lot of people have been saying, did he throw a back shoulder? Was did he underthrow it? What give me your breakdown? Oh, you're you're smirking here. So I don't know. What does that what does that mean here? Um well so for me it looks from my point of view, it just looked like he was just trying to give me um give me a chance with the back shoulder. I had uh the corner it fell off on Isaiah and um he couldn't throw it all the way over the top, but I had the linebacker underneath. So um linebacker had his head turned and he just kinda gave me a chance and I had to go up and get it. You got a chance to know Tommy pretty well. We're standing here. Your his locker, his locker is actually kind of right across from me, even though he's like in the middle of the room. First of all, you've been to his house. Were you were you part of that? We we need to know what's the house like, and what's this jacuzzi I hear about. Jacuzzi is very very nice actually. Uh, yeah, me, Jalen, uh, Bryce. I say a couple of us went over there. Um, jacuzzi is very nice. House is really nice. So uh, don't want to give people too much insight into what it looks like. But uh, yeah, got a nice. <laughs> what did, what did you think when you heard that he was living at home? Because it's rare. It's rare for a guy in the NFL. It's got to be the perfect situation too. Because a rookie, he was undrafted guy. You know, he he's not sure if he's going to be on the roster, and he happens to live super close. Like you, you couldn't do it. I mean, you, there's no teaming in in Kentucky. Um, I mean, I def I'm a understander for sure. I mean, if I was an undrafted guy, and um, I mean, you don't always know exactly what's going to happen. And uh, so, I mean, I understand it save some money. And so, you guys didn't blink, didn't blink twice when when you're hurt. I mean, I I was like, shoot, hey, I don't blame you. If I was if I lived this close, I don't know if I would be living at home. That's because you know how much that rent is. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a Kentucky rent. It's not Kentucky rent. So um, this is definitely a little bit different out here. So I, I mean, I understood it, and I mean, I can't can't complain. So save some money. What have you learned about Tommy DeVito? What, what can you tell us? Maybe that people don't know about him. Um, why is he so relatable? Start with that. I mean, he's just one of the dudes. I mean, he's just like everybody else. He doesn't. He's not. He's confident. He's not overly confident or cocky or anything like that. And um, he knows exactly what he wants to do. And um, he just goes out there and does his job. Um, I mean, he obviously he gets mad whenever things aren't going right, and he's if he, if he feels like it's on himself. Um, and so you can tell that he just wants to be the best. And now I gave you enough time to think about it. Tell me something we don't know. Question that answer before is what we call a filibuster. You, you filibuster so you get time to think, and that's what I'm doing right here for you. I'm talking. I see your brain is working like the the wheels are turning. I mean, shoot, at this point it's like y'all got everything. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what there is what there is out there. So. Uh, I mean, he's just a cool dude. He's funny. Uh, I mean, he got nicknames just about for everybody. He calls me Juan Deezy. Nobody, I mean, that's really the only person that calls me that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's. Appreciate it, man. On to the next one.
Ah, yes, it's time for your favorite part of this podcast. It's where I answer all your deepest, darkest, giant's questions in Giants After Dark. All right, let's rip through Twitter here. Uh, Start with NYG fan in CLT. Do the first five weeks of the season look any different to you now? Not really, because it's kind of the same team that we saw last year. Right, and and the thing is, what, what do we say about the Giants this year? They could be a better team, but with a worse record, and they 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 just they they still weren't as good as the good competition, right? Whenever they played those good teams early in the year, uh, Seattle was in better shape. They were good. You're talking about San Francisco. You're talking about Dallas, uh, the Bills. I, I know that was a close game, but you look at those games, and they just they were in bad shape. The Giants, and they they need everything to be perfect to even compete with those teams, even compete with them. And even then, they might not be able to compete with those teams. So remember we said at the beginning of the season, it was totally possible the Giants could have be a better team with a worse record. That's because they they still aren't at that level. And we're seeing that now. You know, They're dominating mediocre to bad teams uh, or beating mediocre to bad teams. I shouldn't even say dominating because the last two games have been super close and down to the wire. Uh, and it's because of their defense and Wink Martindale and the way he's able to just basically shut down these bad slash mediocre teams with the defense that he has here. And uh, that's why it would be crazy in my mind to get rid of him. Uh, Big Blue 10 says, any chance the Giants would be the team to play in the Brazil game? I don't know. Uh, the Giants, remember, they did play overseas last year. So if it's somewhat of a rotation, they might not be at the top of the list unless the organization really wants to go. And uh, I can't see the Giants being wanted, really wanting to give up a home game if that's the way it would turn out. Uh, so, but but let's be fair. I'm in for the free trip to Brazil. Bring it on. Yeah, I think the Giants should play in Brazil. Joe Judge, fun fact, was a big fan. He really wanted the Giants to go play in Germany. Remember that it was a Germany game this year. And notice the team that actually went. I know he's not the ultimate decision maker there. But it's the New England Patriots, so. I would like that trip too. Hey, I, I like to go visit new places. Never been to Germany. Never been to Brazil. Sign me up. The chubby dude at Paisan426 says, what do you think DeVito needs to show in these last four games to make the Giants rethink taking a quarterback in the draft? I think he needs to show that he's capable of carrying a team basically, right? Because that's what you need from your starter. You need a guy who could essentially at times carry you, not just, or at least give hope. That, so he needs at least that one huge game and I'll need at least one huge win over the Eagles for them to rethink the quarterback situation like he's, he's gonna have to do a lot remember and I don't th- I don't think this is right I think it's stupid but these teams and decision makers they're they the undrafted thing is a big thing like if he was a second round pick or a first round pick he's likely to have a much bigger leash they're likely to invest much more in him the fact that he's not he has to prove he has to do more just to get the opportunity because he went undrafted. Jacob uh, underscore 2709 says, how aggressive do you expect Joe Shane to be if one of the top two picks is up for a trade? Would he sacrifice future draft picks with Daniel Jones still under contract? I think he would. But remember, what is that price going to be? How crazy is it going to be? And I think what matters greatly in this is where the Giants end up. Making a move from 9 to 2 is big. That's going to cost you a shit ton. Whereas if you're making a, a move from five to two, it's much more realistic. So I think if they're like five or six, 
it could be realistic. If they're like nine, eight, nine, or ten, probably way less realistic. Uh, Ramble on says, how much influence do you get from ESPN to really go after the Italian thing? The answer to that, by the way, is none. Like ESPN does not go, does not. That's not something that's ever mentioned. In fact, I try to be careful because I don't. I, it actually makes me a little bit uncomfortable the Italian stereotyping that's going on around this story a little bit. So I try and stay away from it. As as a matter of fact, like you, if you go look, you'll even see me saying, writing it as the pinched finger celebration. Like I'm, I don't even. I'm trying not to even go too deep into the Italian stereotyping of that, uh, you know, celebration. They throw the fingers in the air. I don't generally like to use the terms uh, paisan or Italian, Italiano or make gabagool jokes or, you know, any anything along those lines. I'm, I'm really tried hard to stay away from it. So the answer to your question ultimately is none. Is none. Uh, let's see. Dynasty Doggo once said, did Shane screw up paying Jones $160 million? Answer, yes. DJ is a bad QB. New York Giants is stuck with DJ for at least two years. No team is going to take his contract. He's a backup at best. DeVito has shown more promise in his few games than DJ, but that DeVito is fu- but DeVito is the fu- future either. I don't think he's saying that. He doesn't think. But let's be fair. Come on. Talk about, you know, recency bias. Daniel Jones played well last year. He doesn't stink. He's not a bad QB. He's not a backup. Okay. And then if we want to compare DeVito to Daniel Jones, which I see a lot of people doing, it's kind of crazy. You have to give it context. The offensive line and what the, uh, Daniel Jones was playing with early this season, remember, no Saquon either, like was significantly worse and against much better competition. Now, Tommy DeVito is playing with Saquon with a much better offensive line to the point of basically – Four of the five offensive linemen that the Giants have now weren't playing or on the team when Daniel Jones started most of his games, right? Andrew Thomas was hurt. Justin Pugh was on the couch. John Michael Schmitz was injured. Ben Bredesen, who's playing guard now, that's where he needs to play. It was playing center at the time where he was not very good, let's be fair. And Tyree Phillips wasn't on the roster. So four of the five guys weren't on the roster and the other guy was playing a different position. The Giants offensive line, was a mess earlier in the year. They're playing Azudu, McKeithen, Bredesen at center. I mean, Evan Neal, who's been pretty bad. I mean, come on. You got to give it some context. And I'm not taking anything away from DeVito because what he's done so far and from, from whatever the expectations were, it's been awesome. But Daniel Jones is in a scrub. Let's, let's, not, let's not recreate history here. Last question we'll end it with this one uh Stav- stavacy 17 says what's your thoughts on banks's first season i think there's you feel good about De- deontay banks i think you feel like there's promise there like is he a number one cornerback now now absolutely not he's had his ups and downs he's gotten beat but he's also made a lot of plays and i like that about man it's actually his ball skills he has two interceptions like if you go look up a Dory Jackson, Dory Jackson has something like, what, three or four interceptions in his sire career. So Deontay Banks has that in him as a pair of interceptions. Just a lot of passes knocked down. I think there's potential for him to be a number one cornerback. I mean, I'm not going to lock it up, write it down, and book it, but I've seen enough to know that I feel good 
that Deontay Banks is going to be a quality player in this league. He's going to be a quality cornerback. Am I going to feel great next year knowing he's probably their number one cornerback and going to have to face all the number one receivers for other teams? I don't know if I feel great about that, but I do think he could grow into that role. I think he could end up being fine in that role. I just can't go into next season feeling super confident about that. I do feel super confident he's a quality NFL cornerback, that he will at least be a number two cornerback. You hope he could grow into the number one spot, but I'm not there yet. Not there yet. All right, that's it for the Giants After Dark segment. On to the next one. All right, this is a DeVito episode, so we got to end it here with a Jordan on a beat about the DeVito tailgate. Jordan on a beat is a portion of this podcast where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants work for ESPN or cover the NFL in general. And so Monday night, you know, it's a big game. The DeVitos are having a huge tailgate. They invite me out. Actually, his agent, Sean Stellato, invited me out. I guess the same guy who became an uh, internet sensation later later in the evening. But he invites me out. I see his outfit, by the way. And I'm like, oh, look at this. He brought the A game. And he told me this week he might even have something wilder and crazier for the Saints game. So... If he does make it out there and he brings that, I am all in on seeing what that outfit looks like. If he's telling me he's got something wilder and crazier that people make people go nuts. But you go to the DeVito tailgate, and obviously there's a significant spread going on there. A great spread. And the highlight, of course, is the chicken cutlet sandwich, because that's Tommy. You know, he said that. That was part of the original quote that started this uh, whole craze you know, about living at home, and he's got his mom, he's got the chicken cutlets there, everything. So the chicken cutlets thing obviously led to the Tommy Cutlets nickname, and when you have a a DeVito tailgate, they got to have the cutlets there. So they make me a cutlet sandwich. I'm all suited up, and I'm trying to eat this thing. There's mozzarella hanging out the sides, out the top, uh, balsamic vinegar all over the place, the beautiful calandra bread, and I have it, they just hand it to me in my hands, no plate, no napkins. I'm trying to, okay, I got to eat this thing on camera. I shove my face. There's like a piece of mozzarella hanging off the side. I'm trying to not get the balsamic and all over me and make a mess. And I'm scarfing down this uh, chicken cutlet sandwich. Delicious, by the way. Delicious chicken cutlet sandwich. And that's the thing about chicken cutlets. And I think Tommy said this before. So you could just... You know, pick a chicken cutlet. It doesn't, it doesn't even need to be smoking hot. This was kind of like lukewarm at this time, maybe even cold. But you can still eat that cold, medium, lukewarm chicken cutlet and still taste delicious. And it did. I had like a rice ball or an arancini or whatever it was. Also, mm, delicious. So these are the kind of things you got to do for the camera. I'm sitting there shoving that sandwich. Imagine that. And I'm talking about an overflowing sandwich on about a, what, eight-inch roll with a mozzarella about like, I don't know, imagine like, you know, uh, eight island-type pieces of fresh mozzarella, two or three chicken cutlets, maybe two chicken cutlets cut in half into fours, I think it was, and just shoving that in your face on camera. It's out there somewhere. I got to find that clip. The video of me stuffing my face with a chicken cutlet sandwich at the DeVito tailgate. It's tough. I know. It's tough living. It's a tough job. But somebody's got to do it. And that's why I'm here for you. 
That's why Breaking Blue is here for you. I'm Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Big Blue, Breaking Big Blue. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. See you next time. <laughs>